Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. this week's attacking scrum podcast it's myself Jed the mighty Murph and Dan Killick with you to preview the Wales versus France game coming up this Friday night we will also be looking back at another weekend of Pro 14 action and mixed fortunes for the Welsh sides uh, what else we got transfer news aplenty and uh, uh, well what else we got Murph what else you got lined up so you've you've told me in the uh, the, the pre-match team talk that you're absolutely fizzing tonight and this is going to be you on your absolute top <laughs> oh. four. I'm not sure if um, telling you I didn't need an espresso before kickoff is the same as saying I'm absolutely fizzing. But yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, as far as Sundays go, this is me fizzing. Yeah. So, well, it's yeah. yeah. I was um, when you said that I was excited, as excited as I was about the prospect of watching. Navidi, Ellis Jenkins and uh, Jim Botham all in the same back row and uh, yeah. that turned out to be less than a, less than a particularly exciting spectacle. Um, yeah, yeah. Not that it was necessarily all the back rows fault, but a bloody awful uh, performance. Um, Dan, how are you? I could probably do with uh, some of Murph's fizz or uh, <laughs> some, a, a coffee really to get me, to get me going. Yeah, not, not, not a bad weekend, but... Um, yeah, slightly, slightly under on the energy. Fair enough. Well, all this talk of coffee leads us, of course, perfectly uh, onto a thanks for our sponsors. Early on in the show, a big thanks to So Coffee Trades, who sponsored us for oh, about four years or so now. And uh, yeah, if you want to uh, perk yourself up, get yourself up in the morning, you can get some great quality coffee at socoffeetrades.co.uk. Right, do you want to start with the regions or do you want to start with Wales, chaps? Where, what are we thinking? Uh, get, the, get the sprouts out of the way first, isn't it? <laughs> Why are you laughing, Jed? Uh, yeah, well, that's it. Sprouts. That's it, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Push them around the place. 
Yeah, I, I haven't got I haven't got a problem with sprouts. Uh, what I really? do, oh, yeah. I'm not a fan. No, no, uh, no. I'd have them if they had a little bit of bacon around them. But... Yeah, that's how I do them, mate. Shredded, cooked with bacon and loads of butter. You barely you barely even notice there was a vegetable in there. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, as you say, talking to sprouts, um, I really what I really did think for some reason I thought there might be uh, something exciting uh, or at least a good game. Uh, with the Scarlets at Ulster on uh, on Friday, and it was thoroughly one-sided. I would go as far as say that first half performance is one of the worst halves of rugby I've seen from a Welsh side this year. And to remind everyone, I support the Dragons, so that is saying something. <laughs> um, what what went wrong there, Murph? Uh, uh, first of all, I agree with what you said. One or two boys there, maybe more than one or two. It's the worst I've ever seen him play. Mm. I don't think I'll, I don't think I'll name names because uh, they're all um, listening. <laughs> yeah, everyone listens. You always yeah. say this stuff. <laughs> I know, but they, no, they are though. Um, yeah, one of them, one or two. You know, like one guy in particular looked like he was having trouble troubles in his home life. He just wasn't present in the game at all. Yeah, I'm glad you haven't named them when you've used that expression. But yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and. I'll be honest, I, you know, Ulster are red hot. They're playing oh, yeah. really well. They're top of the league now after, on the back of that. And I never expected anything other than a loss. But that was, I mean, it was just abject on it from. And I mean, if you're going to be, I always try and do, I try and be perspective boy most of the time, apart from when it comes to referees. Um, five weeks ago, their last game, they beat Leinster. So you can't, you know, you can't. It was bloody awful. I mean, really bad. To the point where the, the the coaching booth just looked depressed as as fuck. And um, but the last outing before this was five weeks ago. So I'm you know in in, in my in my at my level that's a preseason. Is it five? Is it five? five is is it actually five weeks, Murph? Yeah. 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 Since they played Leinster and they beat Leinster, so you'd like to think if they could have struck with the mm. uh, the iron was hot and played the following week, they would have continued mm. in that somewhere close to that kind of form. Uh, but now they, <laughs> they got absolutely smashed at Ulster. So they were always going to lose. Uh, and now they've got to go and play the Sharks and the Lions, I think, or some other animals from South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, that's the thing that I think is really alarming, actually. What I would say with Cardiff, I think they've there have been some poor performances on the road. There was a hammering up in Scotland as well. Was it Glasgow? And, I think so, yeah. And then, you know, I think they've looked a lot better at the Arms Park, which would be food for comfort if they weren't heading away to a trip to South Africa. And, um, you know, that's not exactly going to fill them with joy, is it, based on what happened last I mean, time over there? I would imagine they all got the PTSD from the last, you know, the last the last visit down there, yeah. trapped in a room for a fortnight afterwards. So You'd want to get, you'd almost want to get a false positive test in now, wouldn't you? Avoid, avoid <laughs> that bloody trip. Um, yeah. 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 Did, you, uh, did you manage to catch that one, Dan, or, uh, or was that I is didn't that catch you by? No, I didn't catch that. No. Any, um, the question, you know the question is coming. Who played well? Honestly, I, I mean, there were some glimpses from Jared in the second half. Uh, well, Jared's was, injured, by the way. Yeah. Looks like he broke his wrist. Yeah. So now, oh, like, dear. I don't, I don't even, I'm not even sure who's going to play 10 in South Africa. Like, probably Ben Thomas. Dan Fish. Dan Fish. Dan Fish would be their best option. Well, uh, yeah. Jason Tovey has got a calf, uh, sorry, Reese Priestland's got a calf strain and been released from the. Wales squad and then you're down to Jason Tovey after that and after that it's uh, me and you if Tovey's got any sense he'll be feeding that passport to his dog again 
<laughs> letting his dog, letting his dog maul it like when he, he missed that trip however <laughs> many years ago to France. I, um, I, I don't know. I, I honestly, uh, at the moment, I can't second guess who they're going to play there. Cool. It's got to be fishy. It's, it's got to be fish. Um, does he want to? Does he want to go though? Of course, no, I can't imagine he does. To be honest, he, I mean, he's like every week he's trying to retire, and they just keep dragging <laughs> him back in. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, look, Dan, there was there was very little. Honestly, that first half I thought was just really good players could not execute very simple passes, and um, yeah, you know, I, I was really just. Owen Lane had a really poor game, and as you know, I'm a big fan of his, and I thought he, I thought he had a great season. He just had a very, very like like Mercer said, he looked very rusty, and you know, without wishing to make excuses, because I think they should have they should have played a hell of a lot better. I actually haven't factored in that five week. I, you know, in my head, it was still only three weeks ago, and five weeks is a long period of time. But yeah, it's just really disappointing because I think that those games, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's incredibly hard. The odds are stacked against you, but you've got to make a decent fist of it. And I think you know, if you take the whenever the Scarlets played over there, that was presumably five weeks ago as well, wasn't it? When um, Tom Rogers almost had his head taken off, and and I, you know, I thought yeah. they made a decent fist of that for large chunks of the game. And if that had been a red card, it should have been. They perhaps could have gone on and get a result, and that, I think that's you know that's that's what you want. You just want someone to, to get out there and be competitive, and they just looked really really poor, and and the basic skills weren't there, and and yeah, they absolutely they looked like a side who hadn't played for ten weeks. So it was yeah really really disappointing performance from them. How, how was the uh, pack guys? How did they? Um, I know we were looking forward to the back, but obviously it didn't it didn't work well. I'm assuming, but no. any any glimpses in the pack? At well, all? I mean. I suppose what you could say is Navidi got through the game unscathed, which is, and, and as predicted, I can't remember if we mentioned this mm. on air, but um, I don't think we did, but we certainly mentioned it to each other that he's straight in that Wales uh, yeah. that Wales squad. And anyone not think he's going to be straight in the starting lineup? Yeah, and I don't think. Don't you? Uh, no, I, don't, I, I, I think, like you say, he got through the game unscathed and that was good, but he didn't play well. No, he didn't. Um, uh, if, you, if you were... Scrabbling around for positives, James Ratty off the bench mm. scored a good try from quite far out through yeah. quite a few players. Um, Teddy Williams had more experience. Oh, did he? <laughs> really struggling, okay. yeah, off the bench. Um, but he really struggling mm. for much more than that. Um, it was, you know, every attacking uh, ruck was torture, and every defensive ruck was grease lightning. So it was just, it's a little bit like Wales Island in the first game yeah, of the Six it Nations. It was, it was that level, except more points. Yeah, huge, huge mismatch um, and very, very disappointing. Uh, yeah, did, I, did it, you know, on Navidi, did he, um, did it look like he was just trying to get through the game, but not, not, not sort of get too, too stuck in, or was it? I don't know. I don't think he's that kind of player, is he? I don't, I don't know. Uh-huh. I, you know, I don't think many professionals are. But I, I don't. I don't think he was. I think he was. Thing is, he had to get out of there. He was just part of a pack that was blown away, really. Exactly. Yeah. He, he's his first game in ages, and inside just getting stuffed. You know, yeah. probably with a few games under his belt, he could have made more, more of an impression on it. But uh, it's just you know, first game Hi. out, so just hanging on in there. Yeah. Dan, we're going to predict. We're going to uh, choose our side later on in the show in the second half for next week's game against France. But do you think Pivac will go for Navidi next week? Murph doesn't. What do you think? I've got a feeling he probably will, with him with him being straight back in, and Ellis obviously out. Mm. 
So I've, yeah, I think if he goes, I think a big part of it will be in, will be in training now. If he if he if he just gets stronger and stronger as the week goes on, I could see him. I could see him starting. Yeah, yeah, I could. I could see him starting with seven on his back and just uh, you know as, as we just said. This- it's, uh, I, I'm a big fan of both those sevens in the squad. I think they're great prospects, but Navidi is just a you know is a when he's fully fit. And I don't I don't like rushing players back, but um, I, I can very much see Pivak doing that. Well, they're, they're, I mean, there are players that can be rushed back. Uh, yeah. We've seen it with it worked uh, with Toby, right? Yeah, uh, he'd had more more game time than I realised. He, he'd had an hour. He played a full game against. Someone at home for Bath, but he'd, he'd had an hour against uh, Wasps the week before. I didn't realise that, so he'd had more than one game. Mm. Uh, and it, as we know, Falatau's done it before. But I don't. I, I, I've said. I think it's uh, someone on Twitter, the Cardiff Rugby Life guy. I think mm. it was. Where's the point in rushing him? The, well, I, th- I think I think that, and I, that's the tournament that's, is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Tournament's yeah. gone. Uh, I think that's a valid you've got point. You got a chance to kind of build further to the World Cup now with some games and if you if you really do need him in you can bring him in against Italy but but uh, you know we've already lost two matches mm. so bringing him in is not going to win us the game against France no bring it you know bringing in uh, uh, a whole host of British Lions is not going to win us the game against France on Friday I don't think um, but you know the, the where is the, where is the benefit to him or, or Wales in rushing him back? More of this optimism to come in the second half, of course. So uh, stay, stay tuned for that. Uh, we, we're going to move on to talk about, I suppose, the bright, you know, one of the brighter notes of the weekend. Scarlett's getting a, a five try, I think, in the end victory over yeah, uh, five try uh, over Glasgow. I mean, obviously, these games are it's slightly difficult to judge when there's a host of internationals away, but same existed on both sides. Um, Scarlets, I thought, didn't look massively impressive in the first half, but then um, were a completely different side. It was almost as if all those performances where passes just weren't sticking, suddenly they were, and they were executing the you know the uh, the overlaps and the offloads were going to hand, and all of those things that I think you've just been waiting to click happened, and and they you know they. Uh, they got the better of Glasgow. I think the game hinged on the moment when the the visitors had a, side, a try disallowed for an obstruction from Ryan Wilson, which I think actually was a you know was a little bit soft, if I'm honest. But uh, but other than that, I th- definitely some bright sparks in there for for Scarlets to get excited by. Well, look how many times have um, regional sides faced Glasgow without all their internationals and still got done. Mm. Loads of times, so you know it was a surprise, especially thirty-five points. I mean, if they'd won, okay, yeah. you'd say you know thirty-five points. And um, one thing I noticed is uh, Gareth Davis looked like a guy who'd been kicking his heels uh, for the last two months. Best I've seen yeah. him play since the World Cup, I reckon. Now again, I know you've got a mm. you know Foss last mm. form and all that, but um, <laughs> this is a little bit a little bit more than that, I think. With all due respect to Foss last as well, if they want to send us a free hospitality trip down there to us and I'd be well up for it. Um, but yeah, I th- yeah, Gareth Davis looked really, really sharp actually, and really hungry. And of course, the the other important factor is uh, Reese Patchell started. He did and had a good game too. Uh, mm. I think you know looked uh, yeah looked really really keen to get his hands on the ball, looked fit. And um, yeah, I, I just think that makes such a big difference to that side. Um, and you know, let's let's not forget how many. There's a lot of injuries on top of the um, on top of the 
the Welsh internationals missing as well. So I, I think there's there's a lot to be excited about. And I thought Combier and, and Rogers were electric actually, and not just not just like you know the the flashy stuff and the finish. Combier's finish I thought was was excellent for his try, but the two of them combined brilliantly. There was a you know turnover ball. Combier hacked it 60 yards down the pitch and chased it up. But the pair of them over him, Combier made the tackle, Rogers made the turnover, and again, that's a, you know an absolute massive game. And you could just tell that, that kind of level of intensity, which um, and match sharpness, which wasn't there from from Cardiff the night before. So, yeah, I think you know there's a couple of those a couple of those youngsters are, are really exciting. I think everyone you know knows that Rogers has been earmarked as being a, a real talent, but I think Combier kind of slipped under the radar a bit, hadn't he? You know, he's a, he was part of a very bright under twenty side, and then. Hadn't had a huge amount of first first team experience. I, I think I think he's a really really exciting player. Well, Tom Rogers, so go on, Dan. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, Combia. We we did hear his name quite a bit, didn't we? Sort of. I mean, but we're going back four, four or five years, yeah, yeah, four, four or five seasons, aren't yeah. we? Really? Yeah, it hmm. was sort of four or five seasons ago, and then yeah, literally very very. Haven't heard a great deal about him at all. We get a couple of knocks as well, didn't he? Hmm. Couple of injuries in there, but yeah, they got a really exciting and electric. Uh, uh, wingers there, haven't they? And I caught up with with the highlights from this game, but it looks as if looks as if the Scarlets found the way they want to play mm. in that second half. And it's great news for for, for the Scarlets to have Patchell back, but also as a Welsh fan, isn't it? Because whenever he's been, you know, fit or <laughs> marginally marginally fit, he's been in and around that squad. Um, I just think he, he give, he'll give us something different in the in in the Welsh camp moving forward. He'll definitely be there or thereabouts, won't he? I hope so. I think if he stays fit, for me, he is he's he's my you know, he's my bench ten. And you were mentioning you know, Scott Williams, you? Yeah, we definitely should. You know, the more the more I see it, I have said before, my concern is just that pace not being there for international rugby, but you know, his footballing skills have got better and better and better and he looks really comfortable playing as this second playmaker and that's uh, you know, it's encouraging for sure. He he's, he seems um, apparently he's only thirty one still. Yeah, which is you know in this team is not that old. I, uh, I think he was capped when he was twenty or something, wasn't he? Yeah, he's very yeah. young. He broke into the side. And um, he's what he seems to have now that he didn't have when he was uh, a youngster is uh, a willingness to pass. <laughs> he didn't didn't like passing at all when he was first on the scene, and now he's um, not only uh, willing to just dis- distribute the ball, but really effective it is sleight of hand as well which is something I keep repeating all the time yeah. sleight of hand from your centres is um, is what gets you over you know gain lines and through gaps so um, yeah he's arguably playing better than any centre in Wales you know it was another really, really one of those performances that yeah I, I just think every every time I keep seeing him I just think you know I, I would happily have him in that Wales side again just to, fi- just to find out you know just to see if um if if he's fully fit enough and and quick enough, mm. that's the, the quickness is, is is my only concern. And you're right, yeah. Murph, about that that willingness to pass because I remember the the Scott Williams game at Twickenham. Mm. About five minutes before he stripped Courtney Laws, he, uh, he ignored a three or four on one, didn't he? Um, well, it was his uh, worst still. It was Jonathan Davis. Mm. It's not as if it was like a. Yeah. <laughs> there used to be um, whether there was any truth or not. There used to be a thing where they reckoned. Uh, certain clubs, it, once they were in the <laughs> national team, wouldn't pass to each other on the pitch. 
uh, in various different squads over the years. And you'd think it was one of those occasions, but it was actually Jonathan Davis outside him on his own. And uh, he tried to throw a dummy instead and yeah. got caught. Uh, <laughs> later on, he uh, re- uh, redeemed himself by taking a ball off Courtney Laws and winning the game. But um, yeah, it wasn't something he was keen on as a youngster, but it's a proper, you know, uh, string to his bow now. Yeah, it is. I mean, look, I, I think it's... Um... The Scarlets, for me, have just started to... Like you like you said, Dan, I think they found their, their style of play and there were a couple of ugly results that they should have got They should have got more out of games in uh, in recent weeks. But I think, he, you know, I think he's pivotal to that midfield, actually. And uh, I think that it really helped having having Patchell inside him. You know, it's uh, having two, two good footballing options. Um, Murph, do you happen to know the Scarlets got next? Because I did not look. No. Uh, it is it, when you look at uh, going back to what you're saying there about Patchell inside him. When you look at that sort of front four, if you like, of the backs, Gareth Davis, Reach, Patchell, Scott Williams, Johnny Williams. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's, it's it's you can easily see why they, you can see why they're scoring tries, can you? We get back it easily in a, another season. That could be the, the first choice um, Welsh uh, lineup, like you know. So um, it, it makes sense that they've started to click anyway. Yeah, no, I think you're right. So some uh, some encouraging signs. Uh, oh, they've got their postponed trip to South Africa coming up as well. So I think it's mm. the bulls and the scarlet. But they're all delighted. Yeah, exactly. God, God bless the UFC. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Let's very, very quickly. Uh, not just because we're running out of time, but because it was uh, a thoroughly depressing and utterly predictable hammering for the dragons in uh, Limerick. I presume. I actually haven't yeah, seen so. this game. I confess, <laughs> but um, you know, I think we all could have uh, could have, have to go back and watch that one, Jed. Oh, mate, jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's a, a real way to to bring you down, isn't it? And I did want to talk about the Dragons though, because it's been an interesting week off the field. Uh, some mm. interesting recruits coming in. So Max Clark, who uh, the the Bath centre, who played mm. under twenties for England. I think he Bridgend. I want to say he's from no. somewhere. I'm sure he's born in Wales. Don't know. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's signing uh, he's signing for next season, and Sean Lonsdale as well uh, wow. coming in from Exeter. Which is the know, excitement then? Well, I think it's you know I think it's encouraging. They're good signings. The question is now, um, you know, is Dean Ryan on the right of... man to yeah to kind of to kind of lead them through and get the results out of it? Because arguably, he's had a much stronger squad than than any Dragons coach has had for. You know, for, for quite some time. The uh, obviously the other one is uh, we've mentioned before is uh, JJ. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Hanra, 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 hanra. Yeah, uh, and the the issue there is uh, is Dean Ryan responsible for attracting those players? If he is, then he you could argue that it's worth holding on to him. Um, if he's if it's just being done by the board or, or whoever mm. in the background, then uh, there's rumours that um, a, a lot of players, Jamie Roberts, Tavis Noyle, have gone where they've gone because they can't wait to get away from the coach. Mm. Rumours only. I, I wouldn't want to be quoted in papers. Um, but, um, yeah, the, uh, Tavis Noyle has said it publicly on SOC, yeah. on Jonathan's show. Yeah, I saw them. Um, the co- I think he said the coaching staff are too English, <laughs> which is a bit, <laughs> a bit on the nose. Um, and um, 
and Jamie Roberts. Uh, he, he went saying it was an ambition, but privately, I think he um, wasn't keen on any of the setup there. So um, it's a tricky one. The only, like I say, the only thing that would save Dean Ryan. Uh, uh, in terms of extending his contract, it'd be the fact that he is making good signings. So, Max, Max Clark is a really good signing, and uh, Sean Lonsdale probably is even cleverer because yeah. he's lo- low profile, but you just know he's going to improve him. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, therefore, not too expensive. And that, that's the big thing for all the regions is good signings who don't cost cost the earth. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I have noticed, it's a really good point, Merv. I have noticed, I think, all the press releases. Have got a quote from the player saying, "I, you know, Dean Ryan has sold me the vision." Now, again, whether this is party line or you know, we mm. all know that stuff has to go through a, you know, through yeah. a team of PR before it gets to the papers. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, essentially, he kind of is doing that role, that dual role, really, isn't he, of director of rugby and head coach? But you're right, you know, whether mm. or not it's the board making the signings or him, I suppose we uh, we won't know. But uh, yeah, um, it's interesting. Do I think he's making the, the signings? Mm. Hmm. Mate, I've genuinely I've got no idea. I've got no intelligence to give you here. Arguably no intelligence whatsoever. Um but yeah. well, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, kind of research going into it, isn't it? Because I think obviously Max Clark is qualified. As is Sean Lonsdale. Sh- Sean Lonsdale, yeah. yeah. Well, well you know, most of us would be completely unaware of that. Um obviously I'm I don't think O'Hanran qualifies no, he's, for well, he, Welsh he's, International. Uh, and yeah. he's also getting, getting a bit um, long in the tooth as well. But um, they just, you know, if they make any more, and, and, if, he, and if Dean Ryan's taking the credit for them, mm. then, um, you know, he's made other good signings already, you know, since he's been there. But he just is a whiff of unpopularity yeah. within his own team. So yeah, I mean, with with the greatest respect to Tavis Noel, he's a player I you know I you know, quite enjoyed watching over the years. But you know, his career kind of meandered a little bit when you consider how much potential he had, um, yeah. and you know, he, he was kind of something of a bit part player. I think it'd be more concerning if you know if Roberts was like, nah, just don't. This is this isn't for me. Um, but again, you you can see that kind of coming towards the end of the career. Would you want to stay in Newport ahead of six months in? Uh, playing for the Waratahs and he's done that his entire career hasn't he he's done yeah. a few seasons here a few seasons there a few seasons here and you know and, yeah. and has obviously um, enjoyed that experience um, for what it's worth I think Ryan will be there I think he will get an extension um, and he's got to make it count he, they've got to start the season well because you know I know it's still going to be it's not like they're suddenly you know you've suddenly got Leinster's squad overnight but if you've been backed by bringing in good quality shrewd signings uh, then I think that you've got to sh- you've got to show from minute one that, that it's going to work pressure's on because it doesn't it doesn't look like it's going to get any better for the re- remainder of this season no um, going back to the actual game uh, against Munster and actually the uh, Cardiff Ulster game Ireland are getting starting to look really good at scrum half because Nathan Doak looks, yeah. to me looks better than all of them He's a he's a classy opera. and there's something I really like about a nine taking goal kicks. There's something retro about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, it, it was weird. I, he, he looked completely playing against Wales in the last summers under twenty six nations. He looked completely in control and mm. and flustered the whole way, uh, which you'd expect because he was just better than 
most of the players on the pitch. But he still looks like that now. Playing yeah, he against, does look good, doesn't he? Playing against the, the good boys, the big boys. Um, and that you got that guy who I think, personally, I, I think he's better than the others. But also Craig Casey um, was really good say, yeah. against um, Great player. the Dragons. So, yeah, they're looking, they're looking sorted in that position for when the... Because um, uh, Jameson Gibson Park is not young. And obviously, no. uh, Conor Murray is really getting on so but they look like there's ready-made replacements already yeah which is a bit of a sickness yeah there's some classy operators in there for sure I, I definitely agree on that on Doak I've seen him a few times recently um I think he's played in all those games against the Welsh sides recently Cardiff mm. Dragons and Scarlets and looked really and, good in all of them and in Europe as well mm. you know against top French sides he just looks comfortable on the pitch and he's you know he's just fresh out to the uh, uh the under 20s team so uh very impressive um, the Ospreys managed to get a win as well, Murph. Um, again, was driving back today, so I haven't seen that one. But uh, it sounded like a bit of a a bit of a labouring past the uh, the Dragons yeah, of Palmer, as they're known. Um, <laughs> the only side in the league worse than the Drags. Um, yeah, anything of, of of kind of particular note in there? Um, no, it. it, it uh, uh, in better form, they would have got a bonus point out of mm. that game, but they they made hard work of it at the end. Um, I suppose it is, you know, it is. I can't say it's encouraging, but I mean, they're, they're stripped of their international players, and um, it, you couldn't put it past any of the Welsh regions at the moment to lose yeah. to an awful side once all their best players are gone. So, um, yeah, uh, Stephen Myler was. Um, being very sensible on the pitch, I thought, making sure that they didn't get carried away and just got the win under their belt, you know. It's one of those games, one of those fixtures, isn't it, where you've got Zebra in there. Was it away as well? Was it at Liberty? No, I think it was home. It was at home, right? Yeah, it was at home. It's one of those games on a Sunday during the Six Nations period. All your players are away. It's a, you know, it's always going to be a forgettable fixture afterwards. No one's going to, you know, never going to live long in the memory. Even if you romp to a ten try victory, you've mm. just got to get out there and get the results and, and keep the, the, you know, the get the points on the board for the remainder of the season. Yeah, I tell you, what I noticed. Uh, I might have this wrong, but they they switched um, Morgan Morris to seven. Did they? Yeah, well, he was wearing seven. Mm. So, <laughs> and. Um, uh, Ethan Levi Roots was um, wearing eight and looked looked miles better than I've seen him. Um, uh, I think they're onto something there. I, I don't know. I don't know if uh, Morgan Morris is going to be uh, an, out, an out seven going forward. But um, uh, Ethan Roots looked really good. I thought there's you know, loads. Of, there's loads of sevens in that side, though, isn't there? You know, obviously yeah. when Tipperick comes back, you've got. Um, mm. You've got the young lad, uh, Jack Morgan. There's Jack Morgan, and then uh, Harry, Harry Deves. Yeah, I think he yeah. was on at one stage, Harry Deves. Yeah, I, again, he's he's put in some eye-catching performances in some pretty, mm. you know, some pretty tough fixtures as well. I think, and and as you know, obviously got good form with under twenties too. So, um, yeah. I think he's definitely one that. Uh, yeah, the, there's some there's some real excitement around him, but there's a yeah, there's a lot of sevens like. You know, whereas whereas obviously eight is a, a much more different, you know, it's sure. a different kettle of fish. The uh, Ethan Roots is the first time he's really caught my eye because he was winning a lot of line out ball as well on the day. So, um, yeah, it, it uh, Prothero came off the bench and uh, Keelan Giles looked okay, but it, it was yeah. just and Lydia, just, Lydia was back as well. 
yeah, man of the match. Yeah. But um, it was just, it wasn't a great, it wasn't anything on a par with uh, the way the Scarlets performed. Baldwin back as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he, I, uh, unless I got it wrong, I think he missed, overthrew his first lineup back in at back of the club. But, um, no. but that, is, that was his first game, wasn't it, today? First game back? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, he overthrew his first lineup off the bench. But uh, other than that, he was fine. Was fine. Yeah, I mean that's that's been that's been. I know obviously he's come back to Wales for personal reasons, but that's a that's a good sign in for the for the Ospreys. You had you know mm. like six hookers at this this point last year, and then obviously mm. Scott having to retire, and 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 even Phillips in you know in uh, horrendous circumstances. And Sam Harry's always been one of those players who's, who's had a lot of knocks, and obviously he played yeah, he played his, uh, today yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but I think that's I think that's a really good sign in and. Um, you know, I tell you what, stranger things have happened. If you can put a bit of form together, you might you might see him in a red jersey again at some point. <laughs> yeah, he seems. I still think he looks about two stone lighter than when he was playing for Wales. Yeah, just looks much leaner. Back on that skateboard. Yeah, yeah, or back on the pies. <laughs> uh, right, boys. We will go on to talk about uh, to talk about red shirts after the break um, but that's exactly what we're going to do now quick regroup and then we'll be back to preview Wales versus France right time then to take a look towards the uh, the fourth round of the Six Nations uh, the daunting Friday night fixture of uh, Les Bleus coming to Cardiff uh, we're going to Ignore my usual annual rant about how much I hate Friday night fixtures uh, because that's a given. Please go back to, to any of the previous years to hear if you want to hear that rant, <laughs> um, which I'm sure no one does. Uh, well, we have, uh, by the way, we haven't done it for a while. No, Wales we hasn't hosted a Friday night game in years, and I thought it was because uh, the city of Cardiff, the council or whatever, had said uh, it, it's a, a bastard nightmare and uh, we're not doing it anymore. <laughs> that's what happened. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that the council said, "Listen, the, the infrastructure can't sustain." This is what, uh, for people who are not not from Cardiff, I'll tell you what happens. Right, <laughs> people who work, live and work here start their rush hour at two in the afternoon because they know there's going to be a massive rugby game in Cardiff that evening. Uh, that rush hour drags on quite a long time, as you can imagine. And then everyone, at the same time, everyone else is trying to get into Cardiff, to and it's not a big city, um, to uh, go to the game. So you end up with like a five-hour rush hour on the Friday, which in all directions, not, you know, you know, when uh, sometimes if you go in, if rush hour is going outwards and you're going inwards, it's fine. But this is in both directions. Everything is uh, buggered. Mm. And it got so bad that I, I was under this understanding that the council had said, well, listen, we can't do these. We, we know, you know, this uh, part of the wider tournament, but we can't do these Friday night games anymore. So only France was staging them. They, were staged, they all seemed to play us in Paris on a Friday night um, and we hadn't had one in years and here we are but maybe it may be during Covid they forgot that uh, it's, it's a fucking nightmare uh, if it's a if it's a financial decision that might have uh, that might have swayed things in the wake of uh, in the wake of Covid as well you know if uh, but is it financial do they get a bonus for playing on a Friday I mean there must be something in it there must be something in it if it's you know or if it's t- if it's related to getting a better TV deal and you go. I, there, there must be some incentive. There will be why, some... why would Wales do it all the time? Otherwise, you know, Wales and we France are the other sides who've done it. You know, yeah, done it consistently throughout. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, it's just I, as a resident, uh, I dread it. Mm. 
I dread the Friday night game in Cardiff. I don't, I don't know what. Uh, why can't England do it? Why can't England do one? Um, well, I, t- I tell you what, if there is a place in the world that's even less equipped to deal with traffic on a Friday night, um, <laughs> not just traffic, but infrastructure, uh, it's, it's Twickenham. And that place is a, such a ball ache to get to anyway, unless you live in Twickenham or Richmond. Um, yeah. It's horrendous, and the trains are, are shocking. Um, you know, and you've got people coming from, yeah, coming from all over the country to try and get there. Um, mm. Yeah, not that I'm saying they shouldn't. I'd quite happily let England have it. But they, you yeah. know... The, they, I think it it feels to... like it feels uh, uh, obviously small man, uh, <clears throat> Celtic man's chip. It feels like BBC London exporting the issue to other countries. I don't think they would do it in a million years. <clears throat> in a there is million years. There is well, the only time I remember England playing on a Friday night was the World Cup opening game, which is obviously outside of their control because the tournament yeah. starts on a bloody Friday, so they have to. And even then, it was like an eight o'clock kickoff, and they was they were very nearly didn't get people in the ground in time for it because uh, really? or in time for the stupid opening ceremony or whatever but um, right, right, right. it would ne- yeah. ne- right, never happen in England no would it no. but there must be there must be some financial thing because Wales put their hand up way too quick you know there must have know. been a reason I think it was like a Roger Lewis was I don't know it might, have been, it might have been under him yeah but I don't mm. think I don't think it, I don't think there is a, a, a one step forward thing if you if you want to stage the Friday I don't think I think it's just scheduled onto them and mm. um, I, I, I maybe one of maybe we should Google it I don't know but I'm sure I'm sure the Cardiff Council had said no we can't do that again it's a nightmare anyway also I, yeah, I, I, I mean the only thing the only I, I, it's so bad I prefer Sunday kickoffs that's yeah I do I, I do yeah and I don't yeah and I don't even live in Cardiff but it's um yeah it's a it's, I just think it's a, it's a complete stitch up for fans. Mm. Um, well, I mean, fans coming from uh, North Wales or West Wales or uh, you know, or even Mid yeah. Wales, they've got to take a day off. Yeah, mm. they've got to take it off. You can't get there otherwise. So, or maybe half a day. But uh, you know, um, it's on a you know. Listen, I know we're in a TV age, but it's on a par with uh, those games that you <laughs> used to stage amazing games on a Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, the, yeah, amateur, yeah, the yeah. amateur era where. Uh, if you had a proper job, you couldn't go watch, and it probably wasn't on telly either. Um, well, it's like yeah, what when yeah when Monmouthshire were playing South Africa on a Wednesday afternoon or something like that. Well, I, I missed. I think I said this before. I, I missed off school to see rest of the world play the British Lions. Oh, yeah, you did miss that. Amazing. In the mid eighties, um, and you know, uh, I think the big um, Earth at 50 match in 1972 mm. which was um, uh, like a Barry John team against the rest of the world team or something that was just like a 2.30 on a Wednesday you know that, that, I mean that's a, that's a early 70s that's like a different planet altogether but um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, uh, uh, that, uh, I suppose that couldn't be a thing in the professional leader because you've got to sell the TV rights and the tickets to go. But uh, the thing I don't get though, Murph, that's what it feels like though. It's just yeah. not. It's not practical for anyone who lives here. No, it's not. But the thing, the thing I don't get with it is, it's not like there's Friday night games every single week and everyone takes their turn. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If it's like if it was like that, you could say, oh well, look, the the TV audience is so much better on a Friday night that mm. we need to have one a week, and it's going to mean that we all get more money. Everyone takes their bloody turn, and it happens. Same as Sunday games came in that way, but 
it's kind of so all over the shop that you have it's only one Friday night fixture a year I think um, mm. and then you know most of the time you have a Sunday fixture and then you have all three playing on the Saturday in the last week um, I think in the early days of it I think Scotland staged one or two that quickly dried up I and, thought and I, I can't remember Ireland ever staging one either I thought the very first one was us away in France in 09 mm. I thought that was it um, but I may be wrong on that one. And I think then, we've yeah, established. We're... I think we've established the negative. Well, considering that I said we're going to forego the rant about that, we've definitely established that. <laughs> um, let's take let's take a look and um, and preview the game then. Dan, Mister Optimism, uh, what uh, what Achilles' heel in France or what bit of genius from Wales can we expect this uh, this this going to cheer us all up on a Friday afternoon? A Friday. <laughs> Friday night, even. Well, they haven't. They haven't got. Any, they haven't got uh, any weaknesses, have they? That's. They're there. They look like the real deal now, don't they? Forwards, backs, bench. The players that haven't even made the squad. They. They, they look. They look mighty impressive, and. You know, are, are probably favourites now for the World Cup as well, aren't they? But I do. I do feel that we can. We can put a real good show in against them. Friday night, Cardiff. Obviously, we just gone on for twenty minutes there about how uh, you know how we don't like the Friday night games. But I, there's something there's something within me that thinks that we can we can put up a real good performance against them and and give them a bit of a shock. When you were talking when you were talking about the Friday night thing, I wanted to say that Wales to win. I I can't quite see that, but I just I've got a feeling it's going to be a cracker. And we're going to run them a lot closer than than uh, than maybe people realise. There's the optimism. Well, yes, yeah, so look, I asked for it, and there it is with a big a big spoonful of uh, killick optimism. Murph, do you see it the same way? Um, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I think even if we carry on the form from the second half of Twickenham, I think they still got too much. Uh, the handicap, I. I me and Jed are keen on uh, a bit of a bet. So handicap betting with the bookmakers, they establish uh, like a point start for one team or the other. And um, yeah. it's plus 12 for Wales. So Wales are getting 12 point start of the bookmakers and then you can have an 11 to 10 on or, mm. or an even money bet. Um, and I would, if I was choosing uh, one one side or the other with a 12 point start, I would go France minus 12. Would you? Because I, I'm based on all form so far, they're 20 points better than us. Yes, I think they are. What I would say that Wales have done very, very well is uh, they, they have at times stopped sides from playing. That second half against England, they just whether that was just England grinding to a halt. The whole game yeah. against Scotland, really, other than the first, you know, the first ten minutes, I thought, you know, that's a polite way of saying I think we kind of dragged them down to our level. Um, you know, maybe. Ooh, who England or uh, Scotland and England to say? Yeah, yeah. I mean England yeah. actually probably that is that is unfair because I do think that England were England were very poor in that second half and Wales did you know put together put together some moves and you know and outscored them three tries to one so I think that would be a bit unfair to say that. I also think as we mentioned a few shows ago, home advantage is counting for for so much right now. Um, yeah. Whether or not it's any more than than it was pre-COVID, so I have this this small theory. But but Wales have um, you know have a good record at home. You know they, I've not been impressed 
with the performances necessarily, but a win against Scotland, we would have taken that before the game. You even look back to the to the to the autumn, and a, you know, and a win against Australia is never is never a gimme. Um, so, you know, I think that the home record is actually something that um, that I would say probably makes that twelve point gap about spot on. Uh, the, the bookies usually are about right with that spread um, but I would probably be tempted to buy Wales at plus 12 there I could see you know I could see and again we have a knack of getting a little try towards the end of a game don't we we do yeah I could yeah. see I could see France. that's what killed that's what the handicap in um, Twickenham last week uh, week before was a similar similar gap I think um, it was uh Wales plus twelve, yeah, and Wales smashed smashed past twelve, so um, we lost by four in the end. But um, I just think France had a completely different proposition to mm. England at the moment. If, oh, if, I did. Yeah, free scoring, all court game, and England mm. England are limited. Let's be honest. I mean, it, okay. uh, to be, it, I know obviously we're we're going to talk about Wales France, but the most interesting game this weekend is uh, Ireland England uh, in London because if England don't play better than they did against us, they're going to get battered by Ireland. Um, I think they will raise their game as it happens, but if they don't, if they if they continue in the same form that they've shown this tournament, I I think Ireland are going to batter them. Let's stick let's stick with that because that's. Uh... Definitely going to cheer everyone up, um, Dan. Do you, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I could, I, I can, I could see that happening. What do you, what do you reckon, Dan? I mean, Ireland, I think, are in one of those, one of those veins of form, you know, as they tend to do two years out from or eighteen months out from a World Cup, where they're they're reaching peak optimism before they suddenly remember they're Irish ahead of the World Cup and start start choking. Um, I, I, th- I think they, they could be a very big, a very big performance in um, in here, and it, yeah, if they. If England don't step up massively, then, like Murph said, I, I think uh, I think that game that game is is there for Ireland. What do you reckon, Dan? Yeah, it's a good, there's a good good rivalry, isn't there, between between the two sides? I I think that yeah, Ireland have got it within them to yeah they they could really do a number on on England, but if they played anywhere near like they did against against us, but I think England will raise will, will raise the game. They they have to. They can't be they can't be as poor as that. You know they've got with everything they've got. I just you know how many times do we come back to old Eddie, don't we? But they, I think that'll be um, that'll be a, that'll be a close game. I reckon. I, I I do think England will be will be bang up for that and um, be a big big physical match between you know between the two. And England have got it within them as well that if they if they get that backline firing, which is a big if. But if they can get that backline going, they can cause they can cause any sides real issues. This we just have we just haven't seen it and don't see it enough, do we? I mean, don't get it, me it, wrong. If Mike Adamson is if Mike Adamson is refing, <laughs> they're going to put thirty on Ireland. <laughs> yeah, but, but <laughs> and you know, and that, that is the thing, isn't it? We know we know that um, they get the so many number of penalties, kickable penalties in the game at home at Twickenham, but. Um, uh, I just think, you know, the the way uh, the patterns of play that Ireland are using, if 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 England don't stop them at source, uh, that is first phase uh, uh, set piece and, and and phase play, Ireland got mm. much more going on behind, much more like unrecognisably more going on behind, uh, especially in the centre, yeah. than, than, than England. England got nothing going on in the centre. 
No, I don't, I don't no, think they, they do. Yeah. They, look, they look really confused to me. Um, they, well, they, they can't get the selection. Yeah. They, they cannot get the selection right in the middle of the no, park. Well, they? Uh, just, Elliot, Daly killing was, them. Elliot Daly was released to play for his club this weekend. So who's going to play outside centre? I mean, Henry Slade is going back to outside centre. And if he is, who's going to play 12? Like it's... Well, who, I, else, I, who else is in the squad? Is it uh, Atkinson and Atkinson, Northmore? No one, is it Northmore? What's the, I the, think the, the other only, tw- lad? The only 12 in the squad outside of Tuolagi was Atkinson and he, uh, up till now he hasn't even put him in the, the tw- match day 23 yeah. so whether he's going to throw him in against um, the Irish I don't know I mean it looks that way if he's released Elliot Daly um, I, 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 I'm pretty sure if Fallow was fit he'd be playing there yeah he would undoubtedly yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you know uh, if there's parity if there's parity up front Ireland backs our Ireland's back a uh, Head and shoulders better than England's. Yeah, I think, but the centre is definitely that that position that you know that you've um, that you've hit the nail on the head with. Because I don't think it matters who Ireland pick out of their centres to to play there. No. You could pick any of them, and I think it would be a so much more um, so much more experience of um, of dominating international rugby games within that position. That I think I think it would be. You're right though, Dan. It's it's a it's a it's a hard place to go to and. I think I think it will be tight from from what I've said. Then you know, I, I, you're, the more I think about it, the more it will be tight. But I, I think Ireland will get the win, whether yeah, they, the they, game or not. I think they, I think they're the better side and will be and will be able to overcome that away. I agree with you. The Ireland are the better side at the moment. I just I just think that physically, England have got a, you know, England can bring physicality, which can be up there with Ireland. And if Ireland don't get and they Ireland might get reft off the park. The way in which they play is yeah, so could, yeah. close to the line. Yeah, it's so true. close to it's so close to the line that at home, England, they, they do. They've always got the, the decisions, haven't they? Um, That's a good point, actually. If you if you took, um, uh, uh, Jacko Piper out of the game against us, it wouldn't have been so one-sided. We'd have been getting regular breakdown penalties, so that could level things out at Twickenham, but. Um, I think uh, I think there's enough uh, wisdom in the setup at Ireland, though, to recognise that, and they're not going to fly in from all angles like Superman, like they did against mm. us. I think they'd be much more accurate with it. Um, yeah, they look as if they can change, can't they? Now, the if something isn't quite working out on the pitch, whether it be their pattern of play or the refs refs having a go at them, they can move, they can change. Which, yeah, because they, they had a stinker there two years ago, didn't they? When um, things weren't going yeah. their way, and a lot of players like Ryan lost his head and yeah. was just um, you know was running around like a headless chicken, and it, it really didn't it really didn't help the cause. I think you're right. I think there'll be a lot more a lot more savvy when it comes to the breakdown next weekend. Um, if you're looking for positives for England, Ireland have lost both their props. I think haven't they? Uh, Porter's out. I think Tyke Furlong is he injured? That's news to me. God, God, I'm well prepared this week. <laughs> I might have that wrong, but definitely Porter got injured. Um, but possibly they, they uh, he passed fit for Saturday. Uh, in the case of Furlong, Furlong went off didn't he in the last game. Anyway, uh, mm. so that's you know possibly a level a leveler in the game but um because it uh, as i said last week england with the, if they go with uh sinclair and gen just opening props they, they don't really want to scrummage early in the game um 
They might be bet- better to change that up. And but bring they could them, well bring, do. Could well and do, bring yeah. them on. Uh, yeah. You know, I've I've have Marler and um, is it March? What's um, no Stewart? Will Stewart? Stewart. That's it. Yeah. Who's yeah. he, he's yeah. I mean, those boys. I'd be tempted if I was England to start with them. Hmm. Yeah, my Ireland. I, I, it'd be a great game. I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Let let us bring it back for the end of the show to uh, to Wales versus France. Uh, we're going to select our sides shortly. But something Murph pointed out, uh, which I'd completely forgotten. Um, you had Dan Bigger, Nick Tompkins, and Toby Falatau all in action on Saturday, which means a six-day turnaround for three players who are uh, pretty pivotal to, to Wales's chances. How much do you think that will be an issue, Dan? I think we'll, I think um, I think those players it'll be okay. Tompkins is <laughs> Tompkins seems like he can play just play every night, and um, he'll. Uh, <laughs> He'll be fine, um, you know. He'll be he'll be starting for sure, won't he? Yeah, I think big bigger bigger. I think you know he he, he sometimes carries knocks, doesn't he? But he plays. Mm. So he, he played a full eighty as well, which is I'm yeah. surprised that he normally finds an injury to get off the pitch with when he's in the situation. Goes off just after half time or something. He Goes played down. a full eighty. So did so did uh, Falato. Um, Tompkins yeah. only played officially he came off at 67 minutes and he was man of the match um, but the big one is Stuart van der Merwe Stuart van der Merwe got red carded yeah. in Worcester I, I imagine they'll fudge the hearing on that so that he's free to play this mm. this coming weekend they'll put, the, they'll put the hearing for it in the middle of next week and then possibly rescind it because it wasn't there was nothing uh, Hand off to the face. Wasn't yeah, it? it wasn't anything malicious in it. It's one of those in full speed. You barely even notice it, but it's slowed down with a HD camera. It looks really nasty. Um, but the, the point is, do and Van der Merwe will probably get away. Like, like I say, they'll fudge the hearing and delay it or whatever. But he was playing. He could have pulled a hamstring mm. if he's playing on the pitch and the, the size of him and the speed he moves. He could have pulled a hamstring in that game. And he's the outside of Damien Pinot. He's the best winger in the tournament so I mean he he might have a suspension where he misses some game time in the Six Nations on the back of the fact that he played in a in a club game in the gap week when he he, like Max Malin's had his feet up and Duan van der Merwe who's like I say one of the best if not the best winger in the tournament had to play because England have got an agreement where they can rest pay the uh, English professional rugby, whatever they're called, English professional rugby club body mm-hmm. to rest their players. And Scotland don't have that right, nor the Wales. Therefore, very important players, like sp- the proper spine of the Welsh team was out on the pitch yesterday, uh, eight and 10, uh, because they don't have the option to pay the English professional clubs to rest important players. And like I said, <laughs> a great length and with real fucking uh, uh, bitterness <laughs> on this pod before. Uh, it's not fair. But this is the, yeah. lunacy, the, this is the lunacy of the sport economic. we love, though, Murph. It's the, uh, it should not come down <laughs> to English economic superior, superiority, right? Because no, yeah, but you, it shouldn't be, you shouldn't be playing club rugby at the same time as international rugby. It's no. madness. It yeah. is absolute madness. You know, it's, it's a, it's a well, hangover I think they've, from I the think amateur era. To... Yeah, I think they've, you know, the clubs have got to carry on playing during Six Nations because otherwise they can't complete their fixtures. So the, the games have got to be there. But when, when you know, they, they used to be 
I might have this wrong. There used to be barely any gap weeks in the in the old Five Nations. Mm-hmm. I think there was one gap week, and that was a fairly modern addition. Well, yeah, because but you also had you had buys, didn't you? Because you could only have two team uh, two fixtures yeah, per weekend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. So there was there was no need of a bye week. There was no need of a gap week then. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that that would be compact, and then as soon as it was over, everyone would be back to their clubs, and everything everyone was happy. But now because it's got two gap weeks. And lots of intense games. It drags on for quite a long time, and then the clubs want to get their money's worth. But I just think it's, you know, it's totally unfair if Max Malins is resting and Duan van der Merwe is on the pitch. Scotland and England are not playing each other this weekend. Mm. Otherwise, I don't think Duan van der Merwe would have played because they they know it's a they know it's a bad look for the sport. And and like I said, when we talked about this at length before, the Six Nations uh, organisation, whatever they're called should be pressuring the uh, the English rugby club, professional rugby clubs, whatever they're called, to allow the uh, the Scottish Rugby Union and the Welsh Rugby Union to uh, pay them to rest certain players if needs be because the, mm-hmm. the, the English setup is is indirectly buying an advantage over the other the other countries. Obviously, it doesn't affect France because they won't pick anyone who doesn't play in France. But mm. it doesn't affect Ireland because they, they won't pick anyone who doesn't play in Ireland. Mm. But for Scotland and Wales, who can't, they can't, can't afford to go that route, they get, England get an advantage over them. It, the impact as well it has on uh, the training week yeah. is, is massive because, you know, bigger, for instance, or, um, and Falato could be, could be laid up for the week just on... You know, yeah, on the stretcher, but on the stretcher having, bed, yeah, just having a rub. <laughs> yeah, literally the whole the whole time. So yeah, there I, are, I there, and in increases all week. Yeah, easy. Yeah, there there are players, aren't there? That literally they have to be they have to be on the bed the whole yeah. the whole the whole time just to get themselves in a you know patched up you know yeah red just about ready to 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 get on the pitch. So yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't get enough attention in the media. Mm. The, the issue doesn't get enough attention in the media. It's it it it's a it's a yeah, smirch on the tournament. That's what I it'd say. be great, wouldn't it, if um, if you could have a like a behind the scenes swell on on you know what what happens to them now. Go, you know, going back when they go back into camp. Ca- right, yeah, they'd be travelling back today, wouldn't they? Back to well, the camp. Dan, Dan, Dan according to, to you, according to you, Dan, they're all listening anyway. So if anyone wants to give <laughs> us that behind the scenes uh, yeah. bit, of, bit of insight, then uh, yeah, <laughs> our DMs are open. Uh, Keep an eye on those two. Jed, keep an eye on them. I will, I will. Um, right, we're going to pick the side as well now. Um, let's let's rattle through this. Uh, we'll start with the forwards as we always do. Uh, any changes to the front row? Well, it, it's only if Tom Francis has recovered from his yeah. concussion or not. Otherwise, it's exactly the same. So, I'd go the same. So, I mean, yeah. Um, do we think he will have recovered? Well, it's going to look really bad on the country if he haven't, because they made him play on. Mm. So I would I would suggest that he's he's fine, because <laughs> it'll look even it'll look an even bigger issue yeah. than what it was. So, um, well, all right, let let us assume that he is fine, and we and we we stick with the same front row. Um, second rows, same. same they're, going, they're going well, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Right, back, oh, row. back we, we, row. We've touched. We've touched on this already. This, this is not what Pivak is going to do. This is what Dan Killick with his uh, with his selection blazer on and his half smoked packet of Rothmans. What are you <laughs> doing in that back row? Oh, it's hard. This is hard, isn't it? If Navidi's looking good, 
in the training. I'll bring him in. And Murph, yeah. you are doing what? I, I, I stay the same because I can't see any point in rushing Josh at this stage. When you know, if we were maybe if we hadn't won a game and we mm. were desperate for a mm. win, and things were saving uh, at the point of saving Wayne's job kind of effort, then maybe. Or the flip side, if we'd gone well and we were in a chance of winning it, then maybe rushing back. But we, we don't stand to gain anything by rushing Josh Navidi back, especially with the run of injuries he's done in the last. 18 months or so. Is he in the 23 for you though or is he uh, or is he just not there? Uh, mm, it's not, I mean, he, he, I suppose in terms of better cover off the bench because he, he can do six, six seven, eight, eight. eight at a push, <laughs> um, then yeah, he's better than Jack Morgan as that cover but um, the, the, the issue there is if you do put him on the bench and then someone's down in the first two yeah. minutes and he ends up playing a full game. So yeah. I'd probably be tempted to just stick with Jack Morgan. Um, yeah, I would go Jack Morgan over Tame Basham and I would not uh, I would not bring Navidi in. But then I said the same thing about Toby, didn't I? And he had an absolute blinder and it's hitting, it's hitting <laughs> yeah. red hot form. So uh, what the hell do I know? Um, but yeah, he'll, he'll play a lot. Yeah, and then obviously Toby and, Toby and Moriarty um, alongside that. Uh, right, half backs. Same again. Yeah. Yeah, they went well. I mean, mm. uh, it went okay, didn't it? Especially second half. I mean, uh, if we can, like I say, if we can carry on from where we left off in the second half in Twickenham, it's going to be an exciting game. Mm. Um, and so, for that reason, I wouldn't change anything again. Uh, Owen Watkins' uh, protocols have to be passed. But otherwise, I would say the whole back line the same. Dan? More, cu- more cuffy. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, look, that's, that, tell you what, that is something. Obviously, we mentioned it last week, but that's something to be excited by. And geez, he's got a good record against France, hasn't he? So, um, mm, mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, that could well be a uh, it could well be another exciting um, exciting run out for the big horse. Um, Dan, you change anything in the back line? I'm tempted where, to go. Where does Lloyd Williams come into that back line for you? Yeah, I'm just trying to work out now. We. Could we, could we have him at 10? <laughs> left wing, obviously. <laughs> he could be 10 for Cardiff, man. Yeah, left wing, yeah. Uh, so this won't be popular with you, but Kieran Hardy, I'd be tempted to start at nine against France. After Thomas' game the other week? Thomas, Thomas coming off the bench against France. I, I, I can't see it happening, but I'd be tempted to have a look at that. Fair play to Hardy. He came on, made a difference, scored a try. Um, mm. I, I definitely, you know, I, I think that was Thomas's one of his best games, if not his best game for Wales. You've got, you've got of all the chopping and changing we've had at nine under Pivot. I think you've got to, you've got to stick with him there for me. You've got yeah, I think we will stick with him. Yeah, uh, it's important to remember that um, it doesn't make much, too much difference who plays nine for us because they're up against Antoine Dupont. That's very <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah, you you could have a, a regenerated twenty first century Gareth, Gareth Edwards playing there, and it would um it would yeah. probably be a, it would probably be academic. Um, quick prediction. How good would that the, be, mind? Uh, yeah, yeah, right, it? yeah, How good would that be? I'd love that. Yeah, that's computer game stuff, that isn't it? That'd be yeah, magic. It is. Um, let's go to Murph for your score prediction first. Um, France by fifteen. Daniel. France by eight. Um, I was going to go with that. I'll go France. I'll go France by six. 
Mm. There you go. Lad. That is a good game, rugby. Yeah. 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 Oh well, we uh, we do not have too long to wait. Game. Yeah, let's hope for a good game. And um, obviously, all the reaction will be here on next week's show. If you've enjoyed this week's show, then please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you uh, are able to do so. We did, in fact, have a review in this week. Uh, and as I say, if you send us in a review, we'll always make sure that we uh, that we give you a, uh, a shout out at some point. So, as you may be able to tell, I'm just furiously trying to find it on uh, on iTunes so I can uh, <laughs> so I can read it out. Murph, have you got a song prepared for us? No, but I could do the slogan if you want. Yes, please do. Caffeine, not nicotine, kids. <laughs> we, kids. We also, I'm, I'm sure we've got loads of kids listening to me. <laughs> yeah. we, I, I we, hope not. We also need to finish off the back line, don't we? I think we... Hey, well, go, go on, Dan. Sorry, if, I just if you, assumed if, we were all going... Um, if you've what? got changes, then we do need to do the back line. No, I, I haven't. No, any... I, no, I haven't. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, and that's the end of the show. But thank you, thank you for the filling. It was much appreciated. Uh, and thank you to Hackney Osprey, who sent in, uh, who sent in that, this review and said, my own personal echo chamber for Welsh Rugby... Please to have stumbled across this podcast means I don't have to bother with Scrum Five anymore. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, if you uh, if you've stumbled across this or you want to help your mate stumble across it, leave us a review. Uh, tell them down the clubhouse. Tell them on the terraces. Tell them wherever you fancy. Um, but yeah, we'll be back to chat rugby with you next week. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.